I wonder what the caterpillar is thinking when she starts to spin her chrysalis. Does she believe that she is making herself a beautiful dress? Does she think that she is creating her burial shroud? Does she know her fate? Does she have a thought at all? Or is it simply instinct that makes her sacrifice herself for an unknown future? I wonder, does she grieve for even a moment before she has finished her many legs, her long earthbound body that will dissolve? into what will come to pass. Here in Texas, we have some pretty amazing caterpillars. But be careful because it's Texas and it's extra and some of them actually sting because stinging caterpillars are a thing here. But everyone I see looks like a tiny, beautiful alien. They're so multicolored. They look like they've painted themselves with all the stuff that God had left over after God did the tropical birds and flowers. Swallowtails, monarchs, western pygmy blues, even the moths have beautiful caterpillars. They're incredible. Our scripture this morning are all about transformation, all about healing and growth. They begin with a community trying to come to terms with a collective trauma. The Book of Lamentations was written by and for a community that had survived a brutal siege. They had watched their city be destroyed, their leaders murdered, their temple decimated, not to mention the ubiquitous violence of war, rape, murder, and more. These folk, even though they had lost so much, even though they knew what they had before was gone, passed away, could not be restored as they knew it before. They, cling, they clung to God's mercies, knew every morning, and God's love, never ending, steadfast, secure. They trusted that what had dissolved would break forth into something new. Our epistle reminds us of the balance of God's gifts, that our time, there are times that we are beaten down, and there are others that we are lifted up. And through our abundance, we get to help others in their need. Our weaknesses, too, will be transformed, and our strength will be used to give new life. The pattern of death and resurrection, from butterflies to communities, is all around us, all the time. And our scriptures this morning highlight this. Our worst moments will not be wasted, but instead, they are the waiting room for new life to come. Nowhere is this more evident in our gospel. Two women, one who had been bleeding for over a decade, and the other whose life had been taken from her on the precipice of adulthood, both transformed into new life by the power of God. I, I think it's common knowledge and no secret that in the first century, they had some kind of weird ideas about a lot of things. And pretty much all thoughts and beliefs around women's bodies were very unhelpful, for lack of a better term. For example, women were considered unclean when they were menstruating and were unable to be a full part of the community. They could not be with their families or, or go to worship or go about regular life during those times. So a woman who was hemorrhaging 
for 12 years would have had 12 years of being ostracized from the community, of being unclean and unable to worship, unable to be fully with her family and her friends, and so much more. She had that pain and trauma of her physical ailments and the added heartache of social isolation. The Gospel says that this woman spent all of her resources on trying to find a cure. Didn't work, only got worse. And finally, after losing everything, she reached out to touch Jesus. Not even Jesus, but the hem of his cloak. That's how much faith that she had, that somehow this could be her shot to freedom and new life. The healing power of God flooded her, covered her, and healed her. Jesus, feeling the power leaving him, stopped and saw her. The disciples were like, seriously, Jesus, who touched you? Everyone is touching you right now. How could you know? But he saw her, this invisible, unclean, hurting woman who was so desperate. And in his healing power, gave her a blessing and sent her forward, transformed. While Jesus is doing this, ironically, stopping to heal this hemorrhaging woman and recognizing her and seeing her, he missed an opportunity to heal Jairus' daughter. At 12 years old, she was alive as long as the woman who Jesus had just healed had suffered. Her life snuffed out at the very moment Jesus healed someone else. Staff from Jairus' household came to Jesus and said, She's gone. Don't even bother. From a passive-aggressive attempt to be like, you didn't come here soon enough. She's dead. The morning had already commenced. But apparently, these folk had never met Jesus before. Death does not deter Jesus. The worst-case scenario does not intimidate Jesus. Remember, he'd just gotten off the boat that had almost, that boat ride had almost killed them all, and he'd calmed So the unbothered Jesus said, let's go. Jesus strolled into that grieving home and went over to that dead little girl with her parents, heartbroken, her family grieving, and told her to get up. She did, transformed from death to life. The transformational process of the caterpillar into the butterfly is fairly intense. Apparently, in between those forms somewhere, there's nothing more than goo. It's messy. But one of the most important parts of the whole process uh, is the butterfly emerging from its chrysalis. It takes a while, and it looks like a struggle. But if anyone or anything helps the butterfly out of the chrysalis, it will never be able to fly. The struggle is essential to its new flying future and an integral part of its strength. I wish for all the biblical stories that we had what happens next. You know how if you watch a show or something, they could say, or a movie about something, they'll say, oh, this happened 10 years later, and you can like get the rest of the story. I love that kind of thing. It's so nice. But we never have that in the gospel, so we just have to guess. I wish I knew what happened to these two women from our gospel text who were healed that day with Jesus. 
One woman in the twilight of her life and one in the dawn. Both given a new start, both transformed in the healing love of God, both given strength by the struggle. I can only guess it can be similar to other people that I've seen healed of all kinds of things, from physical ailments to emotional scars. And I know those journeys are difficult, and the struggle does bring strength. And I also know, however, that unlike the caterpillar's journey, our journeys include not one but many transformations, not one but many healings, not one but many deaths and resurrections. Wouldn't it be great if we were like caterpillars and we just had one major change and, they were done, and then we were done with it? Well, I got my wings, guys. No more suffering from me. Turned into goo, but it was just for a minute, and now I'm good. It'd be so wonderful. But that's not how it goes for us. We get our wings, and then we go through another transformation, another heartbreak. And we rely on that same strength of God's love. And we see it again, over and over and over again, the power of God's incredible resurrection life. So I think for these two women, when they were sent forth, they did not have perfect lives, but they had lives that were evidence of God's grace. And I think that in the future, when they had other struggles, that they had a context of faith that gave them hope to know that their struggles and their pain would be met with God's healing life-giving love. So, caterpillars, butterflies, wherever you are on this transformation process, may we know and they know that the steadfast love of God never ceases. That God's mercies never come to an end. That they are new every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. Let's stand together and sing Ocean.